Hi there, and thanks for listening to Shim Satira's podcast series, Sounds Like Folk. My name is Joanne Barry, and I am the Repertory Director with the National Folk Theatre at Shim Satira. My involvement with Shimsa began as a nine-year-old child and I've been working with the company as a performer, teacher and all-round folky for the last 15 years. Despite the current restrictions, the creative impulse to swap our stories and engage with our audiences remains. I hope you enjoy this new way of Bohan Teacht, or gathering together, allowing a window into Shimsa Tira, which itself was born from a coming together of like-minded people a place where ideas and stories are celebrated. On this episode, I'm delighted to talk firstly to some of the younger members of the Training Academy who share a little about what Shimsa means to them. And then later to Patrick Brosnan, Kira Ganey, Oisin Gallagher, Owen Griffin, Emily Heaslip and Ella Smith, all advanced class students and community cast members. It was a joy to chat with the next generation of Shim Satira performers. We chat about the importance of Shimsa to the students, and I would definitely say that Shimsa's future is bright. I hope you enjoy listening to them as much as I enjoyed chatting to them. So uh, this evening, I am delighted to be joined by some of the students from Shimsa. And this particular group of people or students have been training with us for a couple of years now and are enjoying themselves, I hope. And we're going to have a little chat about um, about Shimsa and what it means to you guys. So the first question that I asked you um, to think about was if Shimsa is important and if it's good. So would anyone like to tackle that for me? And we can have a chat about it. Sadie would like to have a chat. Thanks, Sadie. Go ahead. Uh, well, I think Shims Satira is in is important because um, I think it keeps the tradition of Irish dance and Irish singing and drama alive. So I think that's why. And I also I think it's good because it's enjoyable uh, meeting like everyone there. So good. And if if something like Shimsa wasn't around, Sadie, to keep the stories and the dances and the music and the songs alive. Do you think that that would be sad or would it be, how do you think that would, would um, how do you think you'd feel about that? Do you think it's important? Um, well, I feel, I think I'd feel a little bit upset because it's kind of just all the Irish history is there and then it's just not being continued on. So Lovely. I think it's very important. Lovely. Thank you, Sadie. Would anyone else like to chat to me? Sean, good man. Um... I think Shimsa is very important um, as I have a keen interest in the in Irish dancing, uh, singing and drama. Um, the, the classes are great and they give me an opportunity to to produce what the, the talent um, and hopefully that I'll reach my potential in those fields. Lovely. Thanks, Sean. Anyone else like to address that question? Yes, Leila Kate, go ahead. Um, yes, I think it's very important as it has taught me all style of dancing in Irish songs and drama. It reflects on our culture and tradition. Lovely. Why, why do you think our culture and traditions are important, Leila Kate? So like that we know like what they are and like when we grow up we'll know the history of it. Lovely, well done, that's great. Uh, so the second thing I wanted you to think about, what's enjoyable about learning to sing and dance and drama um, and does it feel like, you know, does it feel like it's part of you to do those things? So does it feel good to express yourself in that way? Jamie, go ahead. It's good to develop my skills in dancing and drama and singing. Good. And why is it a good thing, Jamie? Is it because you enjoy doing it? I get to learn new skills. Lovely. Very good. Most of you um, know that Shames has been around for a while. You know, we've we've got a long standing company. The building is uh, actually 30 years old this year. The building opened 30 years ago this year. Does anyone have any little little nuggets of information about Shamesa or even before you joined 
would you have known what Shimsa was? Sean, you've got your hand up there, good man. Um, Shimsa Tier was set up in 1972, and um, Father Pat was sent to Kerry to form a choir in St. John's Church in Tralee. Right. And um, uh, in 1963, they had a passion play, and um, Right. It turned out to be a great success and they and there was a lot of talent in the performance and they called themselves Shim Soaring Ariukta. That's right. And um then there were Shims there were Tiha Shimsa and Fanug and Carrig in the early years and students were trained in music, dance, song and movement. Very good. And um Martin Whelan was very involved in the development of Sheen Satira. Himself, Pat O'Hearn and Paddy O'Sullivan um, were very involved in the building of the current Sheen Satira in Trilly. It, it was fully opened in 1991. And um, Sheen Satira promotes, preserves and celebrates our cultural heritage. Lovely. Thank you, Sean. Um, Shatira will celebrate 30 years of the de development of the theatre and art centre located in Tralee, County Kerry. Shatira is one of the busiest theatres and art centres in the Ireland. It is the home of the National Folk Theatre and has show shows for five months of the year, May to September. Lovely. Thanks, Leila Kate. Um, really nice. And if, let's say now, if I was an alien, just imagine that I was an alien and I landed down from space and I walked into Shimsa and I asked somebody that I met, maybe I met one of you, and I said, what, what happens here? What goes on here? Grace and Mary, what would you answer to that? Good girl. Um, we do singing, dancing, and uh, a drama. Yeah. There'll be shows on. Yeah. And uh, there'll be shows and festivals like Samhain. And if I said to you now, if I'm still, if I'm still an alien, and I said to you, mm -hmm. um, do you do shows about everything? Is this a just a place where you could do shows about? You know, is it shows about different countries or what is it? Yeah, go ahead. It will be more like Fado Fado and summer shows. Yeah. And we do more like Christmas. Christmas stuff. and we do Halloween. Yeah. We kind of celebrate very Irish things, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, because. I suppose what you guys are part of as you're in your training as well is the National Folk Theatre Academy, you know, so folk theatre is a very specific type of theatre. Um, it comes from the people and I suppose Irish folk theatre is born out of stories and songs and uh, dance masters and different different types of folklore. It's born out of all things Irish, particularly for Shimsa. So if I was to ask who Jerry Munnix was... What would you say to me? Um, he was a traveling dance master. He was born in Gunsboro Cross in North Kerry in the Zelton. He was born in 1883. He was the youngest of a family of seven children. He was he taught in the kitchens and houses. He first started when he was 20. He got in return, he'd get lodgings, bed and food. He was a small man with quick feet. He went to school in Coulard. His teacher was called Nadine Bash Walsh. His famous pupils were Dean Deneen, David Cattle, Sheila Lawrence Bohurs, Liam Tarchimi Hickey. He taught three basic step types. Um, Triple reel jig, hornpipe. He also taught um, Kaylee dances, four hand reel and uh, three hand reel. Lovely. 
you guys have lots of information and you know that that he's his type of dancing is unique to Shimsa. So there's nobody else in the country that's doing that anywhere else in the world that's doing that style of dance. Go ahead. And he taught her grandfather. Oh, did he really? Of course, you guys have a long, Grace and Mary have a long association with Shimsa, don't you? Me and the knee. And your mom? No, my mom and her uncle wasn't teams as well. That's right, that's right. Lovely. Thanks, girls. Sean, do you want to say something? Um, Johnny Monix was a traveling dancer whose style of dancing was in danger of disappearing. Um, and Teams Tira adopted his style of dancing. Lovely. Thank you, Sean. Very good. You guys have a very good idea of who he is, don't you? Um, and the importance of his unique style, which we're passing on to you guys as students, you know, that's a really, really um, kind of a special, you're special students, you're kind of privileged students in that there's no one else in the country learning that type of dance. Does anybody else want to add to that? Lady Kate, go ahead. Um, Jerry Munnix was a traveling dancer master born in 1883. His mother, Ellen, was a his dressmaker and his father William Munnick was a blacksmith who had no rage at Gunsborough across the Zelton County Kerry. My nana lived near his house. He became champion dancer of monsters when he was 18. His dance styles are practiced in Sheen Satira to this day. Go ahead, Grace and Mary. He's buried in Gale Cemetery. In, that's right. Is that near where you live? Um, it's near. It's near yeah. where we go to school. Yeah, and it's near house. It's small, but it's well. Okay, very good. Lovely. And I think, have you seen his grave? Is there dancing shoes on his grave? Yeah, yeah. and their great grandparents are buried there as well. Oh, I see. Very good. Lovely. You girls are steeped in in uh, Shimsa, his North Kerry history, aren't you? You're living mm -hmm. right. You're living right beside it. I have one last question that I'd like to ask everyone. Uh, it's very simple. I would like you to tell me, if you can, of all the training you've done now over the last couple of years and all the stuff you've learned. Do you have a favourite thing that you've learned? So that could be a particular step. It could be a particular song. It might be the line of a song. It could be a very small little thing that you that you enjoy and that you liked learning. So, Sean, will you go first? Off the top of your head. Whatever comes into your head is fine. Um, I liked um, working um, for the production of Leha. Lovely. Um, it was, even though it was during COVID and we couldn't meet up, but um, she still managed away. We did. Good man yourself. Just to fill people in that are listening, we um, normally have a, a show at the end of the year for level for level threes. Um, and sometimes the other students join in. And obviously because of COVID, we couldn't do that. But we managed, and all you brilliant students, all the different levels and all the different years came together and made a film called Leha, which is available to watch on our YouTube channel. And it was marking that that midsummer and that end of in that midsummer and our end of year for all our teaching. And it was, Sean, a fabulous success. And it was credit to all of you and, and to Anne and all the teachers and everything that. Everything was done remotely and then we got that opening and restrictions were lifted and we got we were able to come together and make it. I liked doing the research with Anne about in drama about the Jack O'Lantern and uh, the tip the werewolves Tipperary and other stuff like that. Yes. And I also liked doing the shows and coming up for the Christmas show as well. Yes, lovely. And you're preparing, we're preparing also for Samhain, aren't we, in, in, the, in the fall, in the autumn, uh, doing your research for that. So, Sarah, do you have a favourite thing that you learned with us over the last few years? Um, I enjoyed doing the Liha and as well the hornpipe stuff. Hornpipes. Very good. Lovely. Thank you, Sarah. Um, Sadie, do you have a favourite thing that you've learned or had an experience? Um, well... I think I liked when we were in the theatre and when we used to, let's say, a legend and we used to act it out and stuff and, you know, just use our imagination. So I enjoyed that. Leila Kate? 
Um, I really like doing all the dancing steps and the singing songs. Good. Do you have a particular song that you like or do you just like them all? Um, I kind of like Yeeha Hauna. Lovely. Grace and Mary, have you more, more scales for me? Mm-hmm. I like I like the the jigs, the dancing, because we, we got up to we got to meet our friends and like dance next to them and everything. Yeah, good. And that's important just to do it with your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I some of my oldest friends are the people that I've met in Chimsa from years and years and years ago. Jamie, go ahead. Uh, I liked um doing the acted out in drama and the jigs and Halpin's Hornpipe. Halpin's Hornpipe. Lovely. Thanks, Jamie. That's wonderful. Brilliant. Well, that was wonderful. Thank you so much. I wanted to ask you, Oshin, about do you remember your audition? I do. I remember it was, I'd say I was in, I was seven, I think. I was around seven or six because it, it, it was a summer's day anyway. And it was in the morning and it was in the rehearsal room. Uh-huh. And, and Geraldine and Jonathan were auditioning me. Right. And I, it, it was kind of nerve wracking, but I met, I met a lot of my friends till this day in Shimsa that yes. day. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them were doing it. Um, I was very nervous because it was kind of one of my first kind of things, like doing something like that. Yes. But yeah, it wasn't too bad. Good. And and um, when you got in and started the classes and got on the shows, of course, like, do you remember? Because I remember, I still remembered my first show. Do you remember the first show you did and how you felt? <laughs> um, I don't really fully remember my first show, but I do remember the rehearsal. Okay. It was Fido Fido, and I just remember like everyone. It was kind of there was so much stuff happening, and yeah. I was just there like, oh, <laughs> didn't know what to do with myself and stuff. I know, I know. It's it's like it is daunting, isn't it? Because I suppose you're yeah. coming, you're coming into like a professional setting, and you it's your first time kind of experiencing like all the lights and the stage and all the different people that you don't know as well. So I think that's yeah. that's something that we can all relate to. I think. Um, you know, coming in and just seeing all the cast and not knowing who half of them were. And if you were to, I know it's kind of a hard thing to describe, but if you were to describe, Oshin, what Shimsa means to you, like when someone says to you, oh, you're in Shimsa, you know, that's great. What what does Shimsa mean to you? Um, so Shimsa kind of means to me, it's kind of, it's a nice thing to be involved in because yeah. I like being able to kind of, kind of keep on the traditions of and show the traditions of Ireland before yeah and uh, while true that Irish dancing Irish singing and drama but also that showcases what I life was like for different people in Ireland at the time yeah of course some shows in um some shows in Chimsa are kind of kind of about myths like maybe um clown near and stuff but there are a lot of shows that are historically based about like Elan or Fido Fido yeah, and I think it's nice to kind of spread the word about what it was like to live back in Ireland. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that's why Shames is important? Because it, it celebrates all the all the different traditions that we have. Because you're not just a dancer and a singer. You're also a musician, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I feel like that might, that's kind of the main one of the main reasons for Shames about like kind of showcasing it. Because I don't I, I think the Irish Kind of a lot of Irish culture might be missing if there wasn't enough places kind of sustaining it. Yeah. Like the way in Shimsa you kind of have it's a, a unique style of dance, mm-hmm. which is kind of unique to itself. But if Shimsa wasn't around, it would have been probably lost through the generations because no one's yeah. been able to talk. Yeah, absolutely. And are you the only um musician, singer, dancer, actor in your family? Well, I'm probably I probably have the one that kind of takes the most serious but yeah. um my brother he plays some instruments and he sings as well so yeah. there's a bit there's a bit of music in my family 
and just um, because this year was so unique and we had all our classes on Zoom and we were learning at home on our own and, you know, trying to keep sane and make sure we had the steps and the songs. And then it kind of culminated in Liha. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to talk just a little bit about Liha and your experience of it. And how was that for you? Um, I, I was kind of mixed emotions at the start because we were, lear- we were researching a lot of stuff and we weren't really sure what was happening. So we just thought we were learning about a lot of myths and stuff until they told us that we're, they're planning on doing a show. Initially, it was supposed to be kind of live outside, but because of COVID restrictions, yes. they couldn't do that. So it ended up going into a different approach, which I don't really think she seems to have seen before, which is nearly like a movie, like because there was loads of cameras and stuff. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was very um, educational to try and perform in that way because I'm we're so used to doing like shows in person and having a structured time. Yes. But with this, it was like. It was a bit more relaxed because you weren't pressure of a live audience, which is nice. Yeah. And you got to experiment with different locations. Yeah, lovely, lovely. And were you happy with the result when you saw the the performance online? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I was. I was. It was um it looked it, it looked quite professional and it was nice seeing all the other kind of students and what they put effort into. Yeah. And like about the, the playground scene and the holy well and stuff. And just my last question um, to you, Oshin, you might have a think or maybe you've had to think. I asked you guys beforehand to maybe pick a favorite thing or piece from a show, be, it, be that a song or somebody in a scene or an experience even. So do you have a favorite, Oshin? I, there's one scene in particular in Elan that I like. I like Elan was one of my favorite shows because yeah. it was so free, but um. There's one scene in a lawn, which I never was never in because I was always a kid, was the celebration scene. Yes. I always thought that it was it was so uplifting because a lawn is such a kind of a it's a there's a lot of sad stories in a lawn. And I just thought it was kind of that kind of it showed one and like it was one of the few scenes that kind of showed what like the spark of life that was back in the blaskets and stuff. Yeah. And I just thought it was such a very eventful and the cast were very good at presenting it. And I just thought it was an excellent scene. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's one of my favourites too. It's a great dance. It's a great dance to be a part of. When you were learning, um, you know, remotely and stuff like that, how how was it? I know there was like you guys were all on, you know, in school online as well. But how did you find the the process of learning online during the lockdown and, and longer? It was much kind of harder to do the online than in person because yeah. you are kind of mainly trying to learn steps like through videos and then on the zoom you'd be able to ask questions if you had any yeah. but you didn't really have that one-on-one kind like you didn't really have the one-on-one thing um like dancing and singing yeah, the which, I thought was, which is a struggle but I also kind of thought it was good because if you ever forgot a step there was always videos there to help you if yeah. you were ever trying to like learn something exactly. so it wasn't like you had to try and remember everything from the class and then go home and forget it all yeah you didn't realize but I that was agree. a good I agree I think that's going to be a huge benefit for all of us going forward that all of that stuff is there you know online for you to check back on or or um or go over I am delighted to be joined on this week's episode of Sounds Like Folk by six uh, students from the advanced class. Uh, at the moment, we're joined by Owen, Emily, Patrick and Kira. And these guys are what I would consider to be, I, I suppose, the next um, generation of adult performers in Chimsa. And I remembered them. I remember them all when they came in and they were all teeny tiny. Now, I'm still teeny tiny, but you, none of you are. Uh, and they've come up through the ranks and come up through the, the uh, education system. And I really wanted to talk to you all about a few different things. Um, I suppose now that we've all been apart for the last year and haven't been able to have class together and, you know, see our friends and the usual fun that we have during the summer season, that's all been taken away. I wanted to talk about 
I suppose, a, a very unique year that we've put down, but also to go back a little bit to the start, as I do with all of my guests and talk about when you first joined and what that felt like and what your memories of it are, because I, I think it's always nice to, to um, go back and think about stuff that we did as, as kids and what it meant to us then and maybe what it means to us now. So I might start with Emily and just ask you, Emily, um, do you remember your audition and the first kind of class and coming in and all that stuff? So I remember I went in and um, I, I think I danced in soft and hard shoes. I think I asked if I could dance in hard shoes as well. I remember Jonathan just laughed at me. He was yeah, like, what? You're, you were showing right. off. You were showing and, um, off. Yeah, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> and I think I played tin whistle as well very badly, but I think I did it. And I remember coming out and being like to my dad, like, yeah, I think it went okay. And this is like seven or eight, like, or something yeah. like that. I remember in a, few, a few weeks later, then like the letter came in the post. And I think I think my mom had opened it mm. and she like sellotaped it back together just to know, like, <laughs> I'll have to console her if I open it, she doesn't get in. <laughs> but no, I, I was really lucky. I got in and then did level one, two and three and auditioned again and got into then the Monday night classes. Brilliant. Yeah. And obviously, um, I'm just going to explain as well that your surname is Heaslip. So you have, yeah. uh, you know, a, a really long standing sort of historical link to Shimsa through your family. Yeah. So my granddad was one of like the original cast members, Liam Heaslip. Yeah. So he joined it. And then my uncle Pierce joined it when he was small. And my missed my dad. He yes. got skipped. And then <laughs> all my cousins are in it. David yeah. was in it and um, Heather is in it yeah. and then I came along but it was it was nice like when I kind of got into the community cast like no Pierce and no Heather like yeah. that they were there that I could go to them but yeah I mean like my family is steeped in it like Absolutely. every every you know family occasion like songs would be sung and like it was brilliant to be around. Absolutely and was it on your radar as a kid we'll say before you auditioned you know that everybody was part of Shimsa that some people in your family were in Shimsa like would, would you have heard them talk about Shimsa and what it was yeah not necessarily Shimsa I knew they all sang okay and I knew like oh like grand grand sang okay. but Shimsa wasn't really like I think it was because they were so scared that I wasn't going to get in so it was very like you know mellow like just just in case I know, I know. Out. <laughs> they were they were protecting you but there would have been no doubt of course that you would have got in yeah like grand grand always sang and I was very aware of that and there was a huge history there with the rose of Tralee and Pierce I always knew that Pierce was involved yes but it only really came around when like I think there was something in the post came there was a brochure that seems that were doing their auditions and like mom was like okay We'll try. <laughs> and for anyone listening, so Emily is talking about gra gran gram gram. Is that what you called it, Liam? Gran gran. Sorry, gran yeah. Yeah. So I remember Liam, God rest him, really clearly as a as a child, a lot younger than you, coming into Shimsa, and knowing, of course, that he was iconic and part of you know the yeah. the founding members and the the voice and the and the. But he was so so he enjoyed it so much, and he was so um he was always chatting to us and he was so much, you know, he it wasn't just like, he wasn't just talking to the adults. He was so interested in all the kids as well. Yeah. Thanks, Emily. That was lovely. Um, okay. I might go on to Owen because I know you have a connection as well, going back more so to, to Irish dancing. Yeah. 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 So tell us about that, Owen. Uh, just my great granddad was a part of it and he was kind of, he would just come up with steps. And mom was always saying stuff about, oh yeah, from when we used to live in the house, you'd always you'd always hear him coming in and just banging on the floor, and that those steps were passed down to Jonathan uh, eventually, That's and right. then they were passed on to all of us. So yeah. it's strange how it's just it's strange how it comes back to us. I know, and your so your grand great granddad was Phil Cahill, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. And Phil was was um was an Irish dancer and then was your granddad an Irish an Irish dancer as well, he was, well yeah, yeah yeah and now Owen is carrying the conch Owen, yeah. <laughs> Owen is the dancer brilliant <laughs> uh thanks Owen and Patrick can I ask you if you don't mind um going back a bit now because you're with us you're with us a while now Patrick I was thinking about it when like the email came up and all of this I started when I was in about third class I think it was all those years ago yeah 
Wow. And do you remember your audition? Because I, I, I remember your audition. <laughs> I do, I honestly. I, I remember not knowing what I was doing. I had no idea what it was for. I was just told, go in there, do what you did for the last few nights, practicing for it, and we'll see what happens. And then the letter came in the post and it all kind of spiraled from there. Yeah, yeah. If you were to think about what Shields and Memes now, you know, and the fact that we've, we haven't been able to do shows. So what... Like some to some people, Shimsa is about what we're learning and about what we're doing. To other people, Shimsa is about friendship. To other people, it's about being a performer. What does it mean to you, Patrick? To what does Shimsa that word be? Well, definitely all of that, but even more importantly, kind of showing other people and especially kind of tourists, kind mm -hmm. of our culture and kind of where we came from as a country and our culture and all the kind of music and dancing that has originated here and celebrating it and make sure it survives and continues on to the next generation. Fab, this is Kira Ganey, another one of our fabulous students. Here, I'm gonna ask you the hardest question on the page. <laughs> uh, but I think you'll be brilliant to answer it, that's why I'm asking. So why is Shimsa important? So why is Shimsa Tira, the National Folk Theatre important? I think it's so important to keep our culture and our tradition alive and definitely in the original form that it was. And like, that's what makes Shim Satira so unique to any other show or any other theatre. It's just so special. And do you remember your audition, Kira? Definitely. <laughs> I remember, I think I sang Begay Nukamorok in the audition. I remember I prepared a light jig. I think it was Anne who asked me to dance heavy shoe. And of course, I panicked, but sure, I did okay anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Owen, Owen, do you remember your audition? Yeah, I do. You know, we, we, we kind of went in and I think it was so long ago that, or we, and we were so young doing it, that we, you didn't really know what was going on. You were told, go in and you're to do this. And you're like, right, okay, I'll do it, no bother. But I remember going in and we were in the rehearsal room doing it and there was a table and there was Anne and Jonathan sitting there. And there was about eight of us in the room just sitting down waiting to go one by one. And I remember, I think I went second, so I was delighted to get it over and done with. And just sit down <laughs> and watch everyone else do it. And then there was people there was people singing all these proper songs. And then I was singing a song that we'd been taught inside in school about watching a television. I, I didn't know what to sing. It was just so something so silly, but it worked, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and um, now, you know, the way, the way you just said there, um, we, you didn't really know what it was, you know, and I think maybe that that maybe a good thing, because when you're a child, it's just keep it yeah. simple and you go in and you do your thing. But now, Owen, if you look back and, and what you've been through, all the classes and the shows and conquering, like we've all had stuff that we've had to learn, like difficult things. What do you, what does it mean to you now? Like what does Shimsa mean to you now in that context? Well, I think bringing it back to the auditions, you know, and kind of the level one, two, three. It's so much about the friendship and the family that is Shimsa. I mean, you quite literally grow up with these people. Yeah. You start when you're about five, six, and we're, what, 15, 16, all the way up now, and you're still with the same people. Yeah. Do you know, like, you see these people more than you would see a normal family. So I think it's a step above a family at this stage. Yeah, you know? yeah, lovely. And I think you're right. Like, if we were had, had a normal, in inverted commas, summer, um, we would have seen a lot of each other um, and especially I suppose you guys and the age you're at within the company like you would be on on the shows an awful lot because you're learning new parts and you're moving that famous transition from uh, being a child to being an adult and why are we in such a rush to do that because the kids have lovely shows and then the adults have to do everything <laughs> nice and easy it's calm you can take a break in between yeah yeah and then you become an adult. It's like, actually, you have to learn 75 steps and you're on stage for most of the night. I think the daisy chain dance is a pure example of that. Whereas a child, it's so nice and everyone loves it. And then you, you become an adult and no middle. one wants to do it. <laughs> it's just one of those things where there's such like a chasm between child and an adult part. So this year, I think most people here, maybe apart from Emily, um, was in line with us. As Emily was studying and we were taking classes online and we were we were learning as much as we could and then we got to make Liha which was our end of year um, film. I'd love to know I, it was a really positive experience for us as teachers I think to have that end product 
Um, what was it like to be part of that? And what were your feelings kind of going into it? Was was there a bit of like, oh, is this going to be okay, Patrick? Definitely. Now, like kind of devising it and kind of working on it throughout the classes was enjoyable because it was something new and something different because with the other classes, it's a lot based on the shows, which it needs to be to have to be ready for the season. But this was kind of a break from all of that. Yeah. But then like there was a bit of, is it going to be this way? Is it that way? And we weren't sure what was happening. And it did feel a bit, could this fall apart, sadly, after all the work? Yes. And then we got to record it and it was, you could see it coming together and you could see how all the bits slotted in. And the end product then was much, much better than I thought it ever could have been when we were actually working on it. Great. Thanks, Patrick. What about you, Kira? Definitely, yeah. It was amazing to see, like, all of our research come together into, like, a sort of show. Like, because I couldn't really visualise it at the start. I found it hard to wonder where is this going to go. And then it was just amazing to come together in our pods and, like, perform again together. It was so special to have that then going forward. Yeah, lovely. Thanks, Kira. And I'm just going to ask Owen um, what that was like coming together to, to make that and the end product, which was so beautiful. Yeah, it was great because at the point where we were, I think all of us were just bored out of our brains and being able to even not like, we lost the interaction in person, but even just to be able to do it on Zoom and to be able to put our focus on something that, you know, it was great. Like there was always that thing in the back of your head, as they said earlier that, oh God, will this go ahead? You know, is, is something going to happen now that throws everything off and ruins it? But no, it, it was surprising to just see how well it actually ended up that everything went well from our perspective everything went to plan I don't know what it was like three times <laughs> but everything worked out in the end anyway <laughs> yeah I did and I think you know um enormous credit is due as well to Anne Anne O'Donnell um who's head of training and development because she was able to she knew in her head what she wanted it to be you know which is 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 half the battle isn't it if you can envisage it and envision it in your head and I think you know all the little pieces that you were doing on separate parts of Zoom magically just came together, as you said, and it was such a positive. I think it was really the, if we hadn't have been able to do it, it would have been so sort of just dissatisfying because when, you, when you're learning something all year and then you want to actually put it into practice, just even once for recording purposes, mm -hmm. that's what made it so satisfying. What's your, what are your thoughts, Ella, on, on the whole Leha experience? Yeah, it was really kind of a team effort kind of a thing, especially because we were all on Zoom. It was really kind of you have your own input now. You really get to do your own kind of thing here. But this was this thing where, guys, what do you want to do? What what do you think about this? It wasn't done before. And we had kind of say, is this going to be online? Are we going to be recording at home? And it's a thing, I think, that, I mean, we're going to have that footage, I mean, for the rest of our whether we got continue in Shamesa and we go off and do something else yeah. and we're going to have that and look back and say wow geez that kind of actually worked yeah that really, yeah. really and worked it was, yeah. and it was made you made a film during a pandemic it's such a special year to mark as well it was something really yeah. really nice to have for the year for the year itself yeah Fab. thank you Ella the next thing I wanted to ask everyone actually is um I know it's kind of hard to pick a favorite thing you know pick a favorite piece of music or a favorite song or maybe a favorite moment in a show it could have been your own moment in the show it could have been the first time you did something or or you watched somebody do something so Emily do you have a favorite um a favorite thing we'll call it I had a thing with the lawn I had seen Heather play um big girl and do the scene with the the girl from the mainland and it's the scene where they're kind of introduced and you see like two cultures collide. And there's a scene where she flips her head over and there's a ribbon and the ribbon goes on her head. And I remember sitting in the audience going, oh my God, I want to do that part so bad. And I remember I I got into, I did Fadoa's Big Girl. And I was Fadoa, I did Fadoa for about two years. And I, I never did a lawn for some reason. I just, it just kept kind of coming out of reach. I was like, I'm never going to get to do it. And then I remember the first night that I went on as Big Girl and I got to do it, it actually, like, it blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And I mean, now, like, I've played both parts. So I've played the mainland girl and Big Girl. So it's come kind of full circle. Brilliant. Lovely. Thanks, Emily. Um, Owen, do you have a, a favourite thing? Um, I think 
one of my favorite parts of the shows is when we do the end reels at the end of for though for though not the first half but at the very end and it's kind of just all of us are just on the stage together one last hurdle come on lads push just yeah. one everyone is absolutely wrecked but there's just two minutes to go come on and yeah. it's because you know you see everyone that has been on the show and we're, we'll say we're not really all on the stage together at at all it's, it's just it's just so such a nice feeling that all of us yeah. are able to be together yeah that is a great moment on stage there's always a, like a, a push from everyone there's a lot of adrenaline to get through those never-ending steps and songs and it is it's it is a great moment for though for though and you kind of get to look at your audience as well and, and acknowledge them because it's yeah. it's the first time we kind of face out and do like a, a big dance big dance scene as well great thanks patrick um well, I'd like kind of Elan has always been my favorite show since day one. It was the first show that I watched. It was after like we did the year three show and then we had the audition for the advanced classes. And then that night we went and everyone watched Elan together and straight away I fell in love with it. I don't know what it was, the energy and everything about it. And then I like it was the first show I did as small child and as small boy and then starting the adult parts of it, it was like, there is no way I'm going to learn this because you have the energy, the, everything about it. Mm. And it's just a celebration dance. It's one of my favorite things ever, get, getting through it and the life and the energy that's in it. Mm. And I think that goes across to the audience, especially in that moment, the life, the people who lived on the blaskets and all that. And kind of during, during it, you get kind of a high and you'd be like raring to go. And it's, I think it's really, just one of my favorite things, the whole celebration dance. Fab. Thanks, Patrick. Ella, do you have a favorite? Yes, hearing Emily and Patrick there speak of Elon is just, I mean, Elon is, like Patrick said, I swear, Elon is my favorite show ever. It's just like Patrick said, the energy, just it, there's just something about it. It's just so, it's so emotional and it's so, there's something so earthy and so, I just love Elon. And I'm going to get past Lawn and I'm going to speak about Unguineer because Unguineer I love. And it was just being, I think just for me, it was being part of the devising process, which I had never experienced before. That was something so new to me, but so I really enjoyed it and I loved it being part of just being able to come up with stuff and then seeing that on stage being performed in front of hundreds of people every night. I mean, that was magical for me, it just myself personally. And the part where in the puddle scene and the water falling down, I remember the first tech rehearsal and it came down and I just went, oh my goodness me, am I really standing here? And it was, uh, it was the world premiere of Unguineer. I mean, how privileged and how amazing was that to be standing there and to have this water falling down and my yellow wellies on for those that don't know the show the yellow wellies on and the water coming down and just that moment of just surrealness and thinking oh my god what am i doing <laughs> yeah oh, it was just amazing yeah amazing thanks Bella. lovely uh yeah the the devising thing i think it's great when when um we have community cast in the room with us you know it makes it all the more special for us and for you if you if you haven't been involved in it before and if the truth be told as i'm getting older that's the process the part i enjoy the most the making you know the shows because the knees aren't what they were lads and uh you know the altar the legs give in but the devising and the making is a and you know what since i joined she said that's always been a been a, a favorite thing of mine because it's we can do what we want you know we're not within reason we're not being handed a script or or a stage directions or and if you're devising something new it's always a really exciting time mm. lovely uh kira i remember being so small and watching my brother david in the school scene in alone and i remember it was just the coolest thing in the world <laughs> school scene so then when i got to do it, it was outstanding but I, I like Ella, I will always be in awe of puddles in Unguineer. I just love everything about that scene. The boxes, the rain, of course, and the projection. And I thought Ella was outstanding in that role. So when I got to do it, I knew I had big shoes to fill or wellies to fill, but <laughs> it's my favourite part of that show. It always will be, I think. Yeah. And just when they say about puddles, I think what's so special about it is it kind of strips everything back. Like there's no, there's very few lights, there's no projections, there's no music. It's literally just, this is what Irish dancing is at its core. Mm. Yeah, lovely. 
and I asked um, some of the guys on here as well about, you know, Shimsa, that word, you know, and, and obviously when we're kids, we kind of we have an idea of what it is. And then you come in and you get a better understanding yeah. through the years. But what, why is it, why is it important? Because we all obviously believe that it's important, um, you know, what it stands for and what it represents. Um, yeah. So what, why do you think Shimsa as a National Folk Theatre is an important institution? I suppose it's a celebration of something that people don't really acknowledge as much as they need to. And they, I think we deserve to kind of celebrate it and to embrace it. I think that kind of folk and that kind of, the thing, what our heritage is and kind of, it's, it's not something, it's, when, it's something when you're devising, it's something new, but you're kind of, you're, we're kind of embracing our old kind of what we did before and what was done before and why that was done and kind of, there was no, there's no kind of, well, we do bring new aspects in and make it modern and do this kind of thing. But yeah. I think yeah. it's just that embracing of what we had and what we did and why we're here now. I think that's kind of the thing because you can make something new, but it kind of has to come from somewhere, I think. Yeah. And Shimsa really is kind of like, a, it was founded and it was, you hear of all these amazing people and all these shows were devised and they're still being done now 15, 60 years on. And I mean, it just really comes from somewhere, I think. And it's really just a celebration, I think, of all sorts of, cultures and our heritage and all that stuff lovely well said Ella like yeah. do you know how we were on about like the friendship I think myself mm. and Ella <laughs> can attest to that because like we joined in level one and I mean year on year like we have maintained such a yes. strong friendship since like the age of eight years old it's, yeah it's like, amazing we were in Fado together, we did a lawn together, like we we progressed to the adult stage together. In lockdown, she sent me an yes. 18th birthday card. Like it's for two people who like who never would have met had it not been for Shimsa. Yeah. I think our friendship kind of attests to the fact that like it is yes. such a strong community. And we've such brilliant yeah. memories and happy memories and yeah. yeah, yeah. And like there are people you would not meet them from September until the following May. Mm. And it's like you didn't meet each other. It's like you met each other the day before. You yeah. continue on like nothing ever happened. Yeah. And it's just, you can pick up because you're around each other so often and for so long every night that you just get very comfortable with the people and you know them and they know you. And there's no tension between anyone, which is mm. a very big thing. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous, guys. God, you're going to make me cry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> one other thing and I, I completely agree with all of everything you've said uh you know it's been my experience as well um the friendships the the not seeing people from September to March and then all of a sudden you're all back in the room it's like hey my dysfunctional family are back <laughs> <laughs> these are my tribe these are the people that get me because you know theatre people not everybody gets theatre people like we all know that we all <laughs> everybody's nodding everybody knows that yeah but that word folk that word folk that we think about so much and that we perform and that we kind of live through the shows and through our education what is folk if you were to define it in a sentence or a couple of words even what is folk to you uh kira well i think it's um just stories and like something old something new anything that can come together i think it's such a hard word to define isn't it it, <laughs> it is absolutely it's one of those words that you know we we've we're obsessed with that. You know, I work full time for a folk theatre, so I should be obsessed with, with folk. And it's still something that I can't define. And even if someone asked me on a call, I'd be like, um, well, today it's this, but tomorrow it could yeah. be something else. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, and what do you think? Um, I think it really comes back to people. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not only are we learning more about our culture and things like that, but we're also able to pass the knowledge on, you know, to people who watch the shows. Do you know, it's it's just something special. Um, that was actually our theme for our level three um graduation um kind of show. So <laughs> I should know what it means, <laughs> but <laughs> I remember Jonathan came and gave us a talk, and it kind of always stuck with me that like folk is never stagnant or like stationary. Like folk is both past, present, and future. So that kind of always told me that yes it's like tradition 
but folk also has to evolve and you have to ensure that you are evolving with the folk that is your present and will be other people's past and will be your future. So I always find that quite interesting that, yeah, we have to preserve what, what has happened before us, but we also need to ensure that we're always creating so that future generations will have a past folk that we had. And it's kind of always something that's evolving. It's never stagnant or stationary. Beautifully put, Emily. It is a tricky one, you know, and it's and as you very well, well put there, Emily, it is never stagnant. It is never, nor should it be, you know, but it's something that we've all been handed down through other generations. And then we have to kind of make make what we will of it and 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 portray our folk. Patrick, do you have any words that come to mind when you think about folk? Uh, Kind of culture and tradition and where we've come from and like keeping them and preserving them. While also, as Emily said, making sure they're not gone outdated, that everything can be evolved and everything can be updated to match the times that we live in mm. and just to bring everything with you and to make sure that nothing is forgotten and left behind. Lovely. And Ella? Yeah, I suppose, like you said, there is no one one definition, one kind of... I think folk is just, I suppose, creation, I suppose, and just life and just what was created and what is being created at the moment creation i suppose yeah nice yeah Yeah. great that was wonderful (laughs) you were all absolutely brilliant that was absolutely brilliant thank you so much for being a part of it and hopefully i will see some of you all of you soon brilliant all right thank you thank you so much joe take care guys Thanks for listening to our podcast, which was edited by Tom Hannafin. My thanks to all the students who took part in this podcast. To find out more about Chiam Satira, our new work and audition opportunities in 2022, as well as upcoming events, keep an eye on our website, www.chiamsatira.com. You will also find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, bye bye. Thank you.